Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And if you are parenting a sensitive child and struggling to push your child out of their comfort zone, then listen up. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. So we help parents of highly sensitive children break out of the meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks. That means that children who are struggling emotionally, yelling, kicking, hitting, screaming, throwing things at the wall, and uh, you might be finding yourself throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, and this is exactly the, the system and the problem that we system in the family that we help support and, and help parents break out of this pattern. And uh, the, the challenges that your child is having are not developmentally appropriate, especially if they're happening on a daily or multiple times a day basis. So children who are shutting down, uh, refusing to have conversations about their emotions, refusing to follow through, on general everyday tasks, as well as struggling to experience new, new, new things like camp or school or new teachers, etc., cetera, uh, are struggling with this emotional problem, especially if they feel deeply, if they experience their emotions at a more intense level than their peers, or perhaps you recall doing so as a child, and if your children are struggling on a regular basis, then this is, this is obvious that, that a temperament type could very well be the, the cause. So if your child experiences the world at a deeper level and, uh, and you may be wondering how you can support your child when they experience such emotional strife in stretching outside their comfort zone, right? If you notice that your child will not be able to tolerate any real world demands as they get older, uh, this can create a dichotomy, especially if you're parenting in a two parent household, a big disconnect between one parent and the next. We see lots of parents struggle with this. If uh, one parent is really trying to think ahead and support the child in uh, building emotion management skills in communicating more effectively without yelling or screaming or, or losing control. And the other parent is wondering if the child can handle it. And uh, this can lead to a lot of challenges with, with parents and, and you might be having the same inner battle yourself. So we're gonna talk a lot about that today. If your child doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't seem to be comfortable in managing their emotions or in handling everyday challenges, they seem to really struggle if they're frustrated, uh, really struggle if they're sad, really struggle if they are anxious, then it is important for you to stay tuned to today's show. 
So let's talk about the effects of uh, not having the confidence to handle challenges first, right? Why do we need to support children in managing their emotions and in managing disappointments in a safe and effective way without throwing things, hitting, yelling, kicking, screaming, or uh, losing emotional control and feeling like life would be better off without them or wanting to escape in some other way? Well, uh, bottom line is they won't be able to hold down a job, right? That's usually what we uh, jump to first. Uh, secondly, is that they won't be able to be happy in, in emotional, emotionally healthy relationships, right? So uh, marital relationships, friendships, community, uh, contributed to the community, participate in uh, church activities or live their life's purpose and whatever that might be in their career or in, um, in parenting themselves, right? So that's the long-term objective and understanding. And it's also true that you're parenting a four-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 14-year-old or a 17-year-old, right? So your child has some time to build, uh, to, you know, to demonstrate that skill, right? And it's also true that your child has uh, the opportunity now to demonstrate that skill and you're experiencing frustration as a parent if you haven't been able to get them there right? You might be worried yourself. So one of the side effects of uh, dealing with the meltdown cycle is wondering whether or not your child can handle challenge, whether or not your child can operate um, emotionally safely in, in day-to-day life, right? You might see a lot of inconsistencies. You might see your child be able to manage their emotions in school and not lose it or not throw things or, or not call people names, and yet your child falls apart at home, or it could be uh, the opposite s- scenario. And some of you uh, might not see your child be skillful consistently in any community setting, whether that be a home or uh, school or extracurricular, etc. You notice that your child is struggling in every avenue. And highly sensitive children specifically struggle with generalizing skills, so it's very likely you'll see a lot of inconsistencies if your child is uh, struggling in the meltdown cycle. And as a parent, you need to be uh, clear that your child is struggling because of the skills that you need to teach them. Now we know that highly sensitive children learn emotion management skills through their parents and are more capable of learning that when the family dynamic is emotionally safe. And that doesn't mean that I'm expecting you to uh, assume that I am telling you that you're a bad parent right? No, I did not say that. What I am saying is that many children who are sensitive, who don't feel understood by their parents, uh, experience what's called invalidation. And what that means is that they are feeling disconnected from their parents. They're feeling misunderstood. And that is emotionally unsafe for a sensitive child, especially, but for all children. So when your child doesn't feel safe emotionally in their own home because of the mismatch in parenting, Uh, This can create a host of problems and uh, chronic invalidation can lead to chronic self-harm, chronic um, uh, emotional strife and uh, suicidal actions and risk-taking in adolescence uh, in in addition to uh, bigger challenges, bigger risk-taking and life-threatening behaviors all the way through adulthood. It does not shift when sensitive children grow up in an invalidating environment. So 
when we look at the need to break out of this pattern right away, uh, it is critical. It is critical for you to reverse the trajectory of your home. And I know that many of you who are listening to this show and who attend any of my trainings, you have been working on this. So uh, don't take this advice or, or um, this topic as invalidation or an accusation right? If you are receiving this feedback as an accusation, then that is your own shame to, to work through. And that's clear that uh, you need these skills as well, which is a, a very good indicator as a parent that uh, you are struggling in the meltdown cycle as well. We see this day in and day out. We help our clients who, who are stuck in the meltdown cycle learn to manage their own shame response and to uh, shift out of shame very quickly as well as uh, avoid having shame reactions to feedback and start to look at challenges as opportunities much easier because if you're not able to do, do that, then your child will not be able to do that uh, in a consistent manner. So uh, this is one of the things that we, we teach directly. So when we look at the challenge that you have and the supports that you need to put in place and why this is so important is because uh, when you go the other route and think that your child is not capable or worry that your child is not capable and then lead from that worried, fearful place, uh, your child will develop the following uh, challenges into adolescence and, adole and, and adulthood. Number one, uh, a lack of independence and self-sufficiency. So especially if you're arguing with yourself or another parent in the house, uh, that your child needs to be independent. Yes, your child absolutely needs to be independent and uh, following your child's fears uh, and letting your child's fears take the lead in how you stretch them outside of their comfort zone will create the pattern that you're trying to avoid, uh, a lack of independence and self-sufficiency. Children do not learn to do things on their own and rely, if they are consistently relying on their parents to solve problems for them, all the way down to getting dressed uh, beyond the age of four uh, independently. Um, and, and caring for their body independently, etc. So this is absolutely something that young children can be uh, capable of doing consistently as we see and teach our clients to do all the time. Now, uh, it's also important to recognize that if you don't address uh, this, this comfort zone stretching uh, skill for your child, your child will develop poor coping skills. Your child will not be able to build coping skills and they will not be able to manage strife and frustration consistently. So uh, as an adult, they will continue to struggle. You know, we've worked with uh, adults in our program and, and the work that we do who report not learning these skills in childhood and, and continuing uh, to, to not have emotion management skills in adulthood. And while they put on a brave face and are high performers and really effective in their careers, um, in the medical profession and even in the helping profession, teachers, et cetera, they, uh, they truly report having a, a, a big pattern of numbing themselves to emotions and compartmentalizing uh, their experiences. And uh, it's important for you, if, if this resonates with you, that this is, this is something that you work on immediately. Now, children don't develop resilience if we save them from all of their problems, right? So that's what, and when that happens, we actually keep the anxiety going, okay? This is really important. Anxiety perpetuates when a child does not have the skills to experience strife and struggle. All living, growing things 
have to experience strife and struggle struggle and and feel capable of overcoming them in order to thrive right even plants uh, vibrate and push through the soil so your child needs to be able to experience wiggle waggle emotions and um, intense demands on their time and on their growth in order to thrive and your child will need to be able to tolerate that without losing it without losing control of their emotions and their behavior and uh, that is the skill gap that your child has it is not a deficit that your child has it's not something broken uh, with your child and something that they're incapable of and one thing that we know is that when parents start to take responsibility for their children's emotional state that uh, children often lack self-confidence uh, your child will start to behave in a way that that demonstrates that they can't handle challenges and uh, this is a side effect of, of not stretching your child out of their comfort zone we'll also see continued behavior patterns right no child was put on this earth to be miserable and if their parents think uh, that they are uh, incapable of moving through that misery they will start to make concessions for demands on their time and on their child and as a result their child will stay stuck so it is important for you to support your child in, in uh, stretching outside their comfort zone. We're gonna talk about the principles of doing that uh, later on today. And it, it's also important that when children um, don't have rules and boundaries, they will start to stretch what little boundaries they have uh, in order to feel seen and understood and uh, they will continue to stay uh, out of control in their behavior. So uh, they won't learn self-discipline. This is where we lead to, where we experience uh, the side effects of enablement. Um, the inability to follow through on direct and, and consistent directions and direct and consistent, um, uh, the inability to follow through on step-by-step uh, -step directions and consistent uh, responsibilities on their time and expectations on, on their time management has to be something that a parent can support a child in managing. So uh, the, the last thing is that if you develop a pattern of saving your child, then your child will start to expect it. So what do I mean by that? Um, I'm not talking about letting your child flounder and uh, just looking at them, right? Or, or staying silent or turning away or expecting them to quote unquote self-soothe. Uh, none of that is effective or talk themselves out of uh, managing their big emotions or remind themselves later if they are experiencing frustration. None of that works. Children do not develop inner speech until um, more thoroughly middle school years. So your child will not be capable of talking themselves out of ineffective behavior. They need your leadership, they need your guidance. So. Uh, we have to take neuroscience into account when it when it comes down to the strife and struggle that your child is having. In addition to observe that your child's brain is very capable of learning skills through you as a parent, and uh, that can happen in a paced way. So a couple of principles when we think about lovingly stretching your child outside of their comfort zone. Uh, and number one is that coddling cripples courage. What do I mean by that? I mean that when your child is saved from their experiences over and over and over again, your child will not learn how to be brave. And uh, you also can't expect your child to immediately be brave and tell, themsel tell themselves to be brave and you tell your kid to be brave if they haven't learned the skill 
to manage their emotions of fear. So benefits of growth and, and pushing uh, your child to try new things and to take risks helps them build confidence over time. And uh, that leads to resilience. And you need to teach your child how to get curious about uh, that skill set rather than get, uh, stay fearful and uh, judgy about that process. Now, the next one is uh, that the best protection uh, for emotional experiencing and emotional resilience is exposure. Your child needs consistent exposure to you telling them that they can handle big challenges by holding them accountable, not by your words. Your words will be fruitless if your actions do not match them. So you are actually much more effective if you teach from a place of action rather than teaching from a place of lecturing. Uh, your child needs to be able to handle transitions. Your child needs to be able to handle big, scary experiences and uh, do this from a place of practicing being, being courageous and practicing risk-taking. So what do I mean by that? I mean that uh, my child at home, uh, she is uh, almost seven now at the time of this recording, has climbed the stone fireplace and I sat on the couch watching her <laughs> um, and coaching her to get back down and then redirecting her to go to rock climbing places and hikes where she can effectively climb and uh, not break her face, right? So I did not rush to pull her down. I did not panic. I did not respond. I expected her to manage her own body and to take risks without panic, right? So this is something that I practice in my home and we teach our clients over and over again. And I've been doing that since before I was a parent, right? I've been working in this field and, and doing this specifically since my master's degree over 14 years ago. And it's also true, or about 14 years ago, I should say, um, and it's also true that I, it is necessary to practice in my own home, right? Your child needs to be able to manage uh, challenges. And, and recently, you know, we've been speaking about summer camps and summer activities and, and all of that for you guys. And I do the same thing, right? My, my child goes to camps and she's sensitive and she experiences new things and she can tolerate those changes, you know, including being mistreated by one of her peers. And one of the works that we did together is how to uh, acknowledge the difference between bullying and mistreatment, uh, bad words and uh, inappropriate behavior, and when to ask and talk to an adult, and uh, when, for, when for her adult, me, to, uh, to take uh, into consideration what the, the other adults need to be informed, right? So she and I worked together to come up with a plan to uh, set boundaries with, an, with a peer who was not behaving appropriately. And then I took the second half of that into my own hands by uh, working with the adults and alerting them uh, what we had planned so that the adults could handle uh, the other child and the other child's behavior. But my child was expected to handle her peer relationships. And uh, obviously that requires discretion and a clear awareness of what's safe and what's not safe. I would never send my child into a physically or emotionally damaging and dangerous situation just to, to let her figure it out. Uh, just like I was when you know my parents didn't know any better and told me to ignore bullies. That is not the generational pattern that we continue in our home. 
And it's also true that my child was, was uh, feeling capable after working with me playfully and curiously, uh, so much so that she was interested in teaching it to her friends. And she did that uh, in, in different avenues. And my daughter will even uh, record videos with me uh, to practice this and we share this with our clients. Why? Because immediately when you have a sensitive child who feels resilient, uh, that sensitive child can immediately be a leader. Uh, sensitive kids know what's right from wrong. They feel capable of teaching others and uh, they can communicate that in safe ways without lecturing or going on uh, the moral high ground and uh, being staunch judgers when they are capable of a man of managing their emotions and obviously my, my kiddo is aware of the family business and uh, she's happy to serve the families that i that we work with and, and do that from a from a place of of inspiration and uh this is this is important right you're, you're raising a leader in your home you're raising a child who thinks much bigger and much more creatively than 80 percent of the the population and so what do we they need to be able to preserve their emotions and their capability without bending over backwards become people pleasing workaholics or try to martyr themselves to save the rest of society right they have to have boundaries and that first comes from you if you are demonstrating what we call passive parenting by letting your child continue to yell scream without any firm uh, communication or strategic behavior management uh, then your child will not learn now what do i mean by that strategic behavior management you've heard me talk about punishments don't teach You've heard me talk about uh, yelling and lecturing are ineffective. So we don't do any of that here. Timeouts are shaming. Any sort of corporal or um, strategic behavior components uh, related to counting or threatening or anything like that. Uh, none of them, none of that works. You have to increase curiosity, support your child and playfully managing them without their, without ignoring them if they don't have a skill. You cannot send your child away to figure it out for themselves. So uh, your child needs to be able to build that creativity because if you solve their problems for them, they will stay in that lack of creativity. Children will not be successful in the workforce if they are not creative. Now, if you're raising a six-year-old, you cannot teach your child um, to behave like an adult when they're six, right? You have to use uh, neuroscience and, and emotional development to understand what's appropriate to expect of a six-year-old. And uh, same goes for a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old, et cetera. You have to understand your child's brain and how your child communicates effectively. So uh, for the sake of time and the understanding that this is a uh, complicated subject to talk about, we talk about principles here on this show rather than particular techniques or how-tos because this problem is pervasive in your home and uh, a quick fix is not going to work. Uh, next, the third principle is the um, that stumbles today lead to triumphs tomorrow. Your child needs to be able to tolerate failure. You cannot save your child from every experience and you need to be able to support your child in a way that helps them break out of this fear so that they are uh, build, growing up to be uh, adults who can tolerate challenges and who can stay persistent. Uh, your children will experience life effectively and um, enjoy it when they are uh, not uh, saved from their challenges. You know, my child, uh, not in any, any 
point in, in our discussions of this challenge she had with that peer, jumped to the conclusion that she shouldn't go back to camp. Why? Because she's not interested in staying stuck, because she feels capable, because she feels um, toler tolerant of negative experiences, even though they are inappropriate, even though uh, she didn't like it, right? And uh, the child made a uh, verbal threat that was not appropriate. And she knew that her adults felt helped, can help her. And she trusts adults to continue to help her. And she feels capable of advocating for her needs. And that's what all highly sensitive kids are capable of doing when these, they have these skills. So you have to support your child's efforts. You have to help your child recognize when they're doing something that is hard and they can keep doing that hard thing. It's very important to cheer your child on that their efforts are rewarded, not their product, because your child will screw up. They will need to know that it is okay to persist. You can't um, just be focused on supporting your child's uh, end results because uh, they won't stay focused if they don't achieve immediately. So things like sticker charts and rewards and bribes and threats keep your child from uh, struggling in order to learn and children learn best through experience uh, not through lectures not through just uh, stories of, of what might happen and uh, because that is a, a, an anecdotal threat in their mind they need to be able to practice and to feel capable of continuing to practice uh, like living they are living real life obviously but they also need to be practicing how to change their experiences if they are worried about something or if something is unsafe um, just like you expected your child to practice articulating their needs with, when they were learning how to speak, uh, it's important that you support your child in practicing interacting with other people and doing that in a safe way or uh, learning not to tolerate um, inappropriate behavior from their, their peers or potential friends. So uh, your child will not be able to tolerate any sort of feedback or constructive criticism from a boss in the future if they can't uh, tolerate constructive criticism and support from you now. So it is time to act now if you want our help to do that because we teach strategic and specifics to our clients, then I'm happy to support you in breaking out of this pattern. Myself or my team are available on a call uh, to break out of this uh, and to, to teach you exactly what needs to happen and so to set you up for success. So if you want our help to, or if, if you're wondering if our work would be most appropriate for your family, then I encourage you to book a call with our team. We are happy to have that conversation. That conversation is free. On that conversation, we will have a, a clear look on what truly is the cause of the behavior, whether or not the family dynamic is the cause of the meltdown cycle, or if there's something that's uh, different or deeper than that, we will absolutely set you in the right path so that you know exactly what steps you need to take, whether that's directly with us on that same phone call, or if that is uh, another path forward. As we have hundreds of calls every single week, we do not have thousands of clients every single week. Uh, that means that we send uh, many of our families to uh, different resources, and we're happy to have those conversations, okay? So, I'm um, super excited to have that conversation with you and to work through uh, what your next best, step, best steps 
are uh, dependent on your goals and your perspective of what's possible for your family. Now, uh, that conversation requires uh, a back and forth uh, and uh, isn't something that we can just uh, have over a quick message. So if you need our help to do that, we are happy to have that conversation. Look forward to talking to you soon and uh, have a great day. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.